Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. Welcome to another season of Inspiration, Growth, and Unfiltered Conversations. It's season 18 of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Marsden, and I'm beyond thrilled to bring you another incredible season. Each week, I'm going to be bringing you the most exceptional and renowned faces from around the world in the entertainment industry, on the sports field, corporate leaders, and inspirational thought leaders from Australia to Hollywood and beyond. They're all right here, ready to share their own truths and personal journeys. And speaking of journeys, our global efforts have now surpassed an astonishing five years. I want to express my deepest gratitude to God first and foremost for enabling us to impact the lives of over 12 million people and to you guys for supporting and getting behind us. We've gained the unwavering support of over 500 of the world's biggest names and our work has reached the furthest corners of the globe. We've even opened the doors to running events and summits, creating spaces for transformation and growth. Our book series came to fruition, bringing together some inspirational community members of the public, alongside some of our celebrity ambassadors, each sharing their stories. Volume one is now available for pre-order. And if you've ever felt the urge to share your story, to impact, to inspire, and to encourage countless people around the world, consider applying to be a co-author in volume two today. And for our younger listeners, our children's book series, The Magic of Imperfections, will be releasing very soon, so stay tuned. But today, as I kick off season 18, I want to get real. I want to talk truth and delve into the reality of what it takes to build something as unconventional as Imperfectly Perfect Campaign. Now, it's going to be a season filled with authenticity, inspiration, and truths, and moments that will make you rethink what's possible. So grab your headphones, settle in, and join me on this incredible journey of growth and transformation. Welcome to season 18 of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast, where we embrace imperfection and celebrate authenticity. Let's get started. Wow, what an introduction for season 18. And as I said it so rightly there, we are going to be speaking a lot of truths, a lot of authentic realizations that are coming through, a lot of wisdom that are coming through people's stories. And I want to share what it actually has taken within these past five years. It's going to be around 30 to 40 minutes of pure, unfiltered knowledge, wisdom, skill set that I've acquired along this. It's also going to be in all facets of business, of learning about people, gaining discernment and faith and all the rest of it. So. Where do I start? And this mission was placed on my heart. Little did I know that it was being led. And when I say it was being led, that came probably two years into this, when a lot of people of faith, a lot of people, world-renowned shamans, um, spiritual leaders, gurus, started coming out of the blue and reaching out to me, telling me, do you actually realize that this is being led? At the time, I was like, well... Yeah, I'm actually working my behind off. I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And it wasn't until I actually learned to surrender and pay attention that there were actually no coincidence that it was what happening with Imperfectly Perfect. There was a lot of serendipitous moments. There was a lot of doors being opened. And let me tell you something. I am not perfect. I mean, the title behind this, Imperfectly Perfect, sums up myself. I was unassuming. I didn't know anybody. I certainly didn't have a background in campaign management, international status, um, knowing how to do pitch decks towards publicity, knowing about marketing. I was unqualified. Now, it wasn't until it came to fruition and it started gaining so much traction that a lot of these spiritual leaders and a lot of these shamans and people of faith, men and women of faith, were coming forward and saying, Glenn, did you actually realize who's behind this? And I was like, what do you mean? And they were talking about God, right? Now, I'm not religious in the slightest. I wasn't brought up around it. It's not my environment, spiritual nature. That wasn't neither. 
when I started opening my mind to things and started realizing how quickly the Imperfect to Perfect campaign came to fruition, I mean, from somebody who wasn't qualified to take something to the world within 12 months and gain the backing and support of some of the world's biggest names and doors just kept on opening, opportunities, mainstream media, publications, opportunity to go to the USA. Again, something that was unknown to me and probably to a lot of people when people were coming towards me going, how are you doing this? What Again, I predominantly thought I was working really hard. And don't get me wrong, I was working hard. Now, I want to take it back to the hard part of what it took at the beginning to get this even moving. But when I started realizing that it was being led, and I started opening my mind more to spirituality and then just ultimately give it to God and stop caring what people thought, it really opened my eyes to the title and the meaning of being imperfectly perfect. We're so consumed by masks and how we're being indoctrinated by a society that makes us highlight certain things. And this comparing, this competing, this judgment in life. And you know what? There's so many people in this world that are highlighting so much. And I get it to an extent that it's a profession at times, whereas my background's always been health and fitness. And I've always looked past the superficial part of someone's title or a profession. Maybe that's a fitness thing. You go in, you teach fitness classes, you do not see a suit, you do not see a title or a profession. People going towards fitness for commonality of a community or to get fit. So you strike up conversations. It goes past, far surpass the superficial conversations of, hey, how are you? Or talking about work. You really get to know somebody when it comes to health and fitness. And a lot of people do fear judgment within that realm. A lot of people do feel vulnerable and intimidated. And it's our job as fitness trainers to make them feel comfortable, bring them out of that comfort zone and really enable them to be a part of the community, see themselves for who they are. So I suppose if I'm looking at things from a faith-based look now, and I can say, wow, this journey actually has been led the whole way along that I was put in a position where I've always been about the people. Now, when I started this, I think I've often said that there was a couple of people who wanted to start it with me. However, what normally happens is if you've been given a mission on your heart, so I've come to find out, is that it's not for everybody. So when I was talking initially at the start with my friends about this, three weeks have passed when I started getting everything moving. And then the first couple of public figures I'd already reached out to and I was shooting when my friends approached me and said, oh, I thought we were doing this together. And I said, so did I, but I've been waiting for three weeks and nobody's contacted me whatsoever. So I've just got on with it. So I just continued on the journey on my own. So how did I start this whole thing? Well, the premise was laid on my heart. As I've often said, and I've spoken so transparently about it, I know there are so many advocates that have gone through their struggles and they've lost people. And it's one of the most unbearable feelings where you go in. I mean, when I went through my struggles with body dysmorphia, I hit rock bottom, didn't know how to bring myself out of it. Being a guy, I didn't want to speak about it. I was masking everything. I was on stage teaching 60 to 100 people. Everyone thought I was an extrovert. I was loving it. And I was. I was loving being on stage, doing what I did each and every day, keeping healthy, keeping fit. Got off stage, hating myself. Looking in the mirror, started what? Maybe three to four minutes. Actually accrued over time to around two to three hours, just pulling myself to bits. So that's a story that I've already said, talking about the body dysmorphia. But it really enabled me when I stepped forward with this to understand how deep your mind can take you. So when I got through mine, and then several years, well, five years, obviously now, I heard that a friend had passed away and he'd got a young son and I just couldn't understand how deep his mind must have taken him to the point where he saw no way out at all to speak and ultimately took his life. Now, for the partner to have to sit with that little boy and say, dad's not coming back home. That obviously affected me a lot because I'd been in the dark place. And one thing that kept me going was the love for my family. And it wasn't until obviously there was a pivotal moment where I broke down to my wife and she said, you do need to see somebody. So I did. 
And again, one of the big passions is when I say keep on going, because the first time it might not work or you might not meet the right person. I did see somebody in Thailand. I was living there at the time and there was a general practitioner. Now, they're amazing general practitioners, but if they're not specialized in terms of what you may be going through, which is why psychologists are there, which is why specialized doctors in terms of health, well-being are out there, well, seek them, go find someone who's specialized because that first general practitioner did not understand what body dysmorphia was. And that's not based on him, but in Thailand, it wasn't something that was openly spoken about when it came to health and fitness as much as academics. It's all about education in Thailand. So if you can afford education over there, it's all about that. It isn't about how I look going to the beach, whereas Sydney, Australia is predominantly an environment where people thrive outside, they go to the beach. So anyway, long story short, I got through that cognitive behavioral therapy, opened up, got working with a personal trainer who'd actually gone through it. Um, and I really came out the other side and I thought, if my mind can take me that dark and deep, how far can it take me the other end? So that was a huge premise. And then obviously the passion of losing my friend. I reached out to so many organizations. I emailed, like a lot of people do, there are so many advocates who want to make a change. And understandably, the position I'm in now, how big the organization's got, I'm very grateful. Don't take it for granted one minute. And we get reached out a lot with people wanting to do stuff. So I can only imagine when I reached out to all the organizations back in the day saying, this is my premise, I'd love to help, what can I do? And I was told, no, thank you, or not enough experience, then... I get it. I get it. So on this journey, you really learn to remove judgment or any kind of thing. We're not perfect. So at the time when you're hurting, you tend to take it out on other people and you're like, oh, well, I'm going to go do something myself. And if you don't want me. But again, there's so many facets to so many things. That if you can expand your mind and change that narrative and be around the people that support you when you're either on the floor or you're on the top, that's when you know that you're moving and you're growing each and every time. And as I often say, I want to share my story on the, the opening of season 18 to know how hard it has been to take this because often people don't see that side. And I think I've actually lived the Imperfectly Perfect campaign when it comes to speaking to some of Australia's biggest names, whether entertainment, sports, corporate, the law, Hollywood's biggest names in Asia. We're all human. We're all imperfect. There's only one being that's perfect, and that's God. And as I say, I wasn't brought up around faith. But the doors that have been opened, if you look at somebody who wasn't assuming, who wasn't qualified, the amount of times that I have been told, God doesn't call the qualified, he calls the unqualified, and he qualifies them. So I suppose I can say I'm testimony to that because I don't know what I don't know. When I started, I certainly didn't know a lot. I mean, I look back now and I reached out to public figures through social media. I sent voice notes. Everybody's, how did you do this? How did you do that? I use my voice. That was given to me. I know how I can talk to people. I know I've got a genuine passion for helping people. And as big as it started getting, I also saw the other side to it. I saw organizations coming to me, a lot wanting to collaborate. And at the beginning, I said, yes, of course. But then what I did start seeing was there was even competing within organizations and each to their own. Again, I'm not here to make judgment, pass judgment. It isn't for me to do that. And I don't ever want to come across as I'm preaching or anything, but these are my truths. This is my journey. I'm walking. And the experiences that you're going to learn or you're going to hear on this episode are what I've had to go through in order to become the person I have to take this mission out to the world. And it hasn't been easy in the slightest. So I don't want anyone ever coming across the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and saying, oh, it's just another organization. Look at these celebrities or corporate leaders or anything. And Oh, they're making so much money and they're doing this. Like, what do they know? Well, I hope you listen to this episode and you realize that sometimes these organizations or the people, the small organizations that are making a huge difference, they can be run by one person sometimes. They can be run by a family. And I've met so many people along the way that are struggling to make ends, ends meet. And they're literally trying their best to help each and every person. So I suppose the premise when I started was to really draw attention to what it looked like to go through mental health. Why did I reach out to public figures? Because often society portrays public figures as unachievable, unattainable, prolific figures that shouldn't be 
looked at as they're failing or they're not succeeding or we should look up as the epitome of success. And let me tell you, I've got to build some incredible friendships with so many of these people on the campaign for over five years. And it couldn't be further from the truth. So why did I utilize public figures and build friendships and relationships for longevity and bring them on to share their stories? Because people know them, people recognize them, and society has put them on such a pedestal at times that even they are afraid to fail. They are afraid to share their truths in case they're pulled down. And what people don't realize and what I've come to realize, and I didn't know everything. You see, this is why I say I'm imperfect. And I think this campaign has really opened my eyes to be non-judgmental over anybody at all. Whether someone's hurt you, they give them, wish them well on the way. You can close doors, whatever. Never speak ill about anybody. Never compete, compare, because you know what? What's meant for you is meant for you. It can't go past you. Yes, there are going to be people on your journey that aren't right for you, that are going to use you, manipulate you, look over you, through me. I've had them all. But it doesn't mean to say that I have to become cynical. There was a point where I did because I was like, who wants to know Glenn? But what I learned through there was a lesson that the majority of public figures, whatever industry they're in, their circles have to get smaller because they do not know who wants to know them for them. So you can imagine when I suddenly got this platform to a level with a lot of big names, people were seeing the big names, but they weren't seeing Glenn or the person that was behind this. And they were looking over me, looking through me, looking around me. Nobody wanted to know Glenn. Nobody was like, Glenn, how are you doing? And you know, I give testimony to Michael Falzer. Bless him, rest in peace, miss him like crazy. He was an incredible man who came onto the campaign. Sadly, we lost him to cancer. But that man, just showed me so much friendship in reaching out to me. And he didn't need to, just to check in on me. Glenn, you were doing so much for everybody else. You're actually capturing people in their most vulnerable states, taking them back to a place. You're taking that energy on. Is anybody asking you how you are? And I'll forever be grateful to Michael for doing that. He meant a lot to me when it came to somebody just looking out for me. And along my journey, I've brought a support system around, or should I say, God's brought a support system around because there's been some times where I've felt like quitting so many times. So to come to five years and keep going with consistency and not going down the route of a non-for-profit. And if there's anyone who's got an organization or any organizations that are listening to this, there are some people that go down the non-for-profit route. I looked at it. I listened to a lot of people. I looked at putting a board of directors with some incredible people together, but something in me kept telling me no. Something in my gut, and I don't even know what it was, was like, no, no, no. So we got to the point where we was going to do everything, sign it up, and all the rest of it, and things weren't flowing. It wasn't as easy as it looked on the external, where people just say, oh, I've set a non-for-profit up, I've done this, I've done that. Well, this journey wasn't that. There were things that were hindering things, and I just said, this is something that's not right. So I pulled back. And little to say, things started opening then. I kept moving forward. Now, when the pandemic hit, I actually got placed within an organization. And hand on heart, I can't remember if I'd applied for a role or if it just came out of the blue. I honestly can't remember, but got positioned working within a non-for-profit. Funnily enough, it opened my eyes to a lot of things behind the scenes with non-for-profits. And I think some are incredible but to my morals, my integrity, it was something that I said, okay, that's why I never felt right about doing a non-for-profit. Each to their own and the ways that people go, but I don't know, there was always something different about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign that I said, and it's been confirmed so many times. I'm going to announce it on this episode. Um, there's quite a few people that say it, but I always laughed. I was like, you know what? I want to be like Robin Hood. And people are like, what do you mean? I was like, I want to gain sponsorships and investments from the organizations that are turning over profit. And I want to be able to put on resources and do things for the public because it's the public that tend to suffer the most. When there's economic crisis, when there's things and people can't pay rent and they can't do this. And then all we're seeing is people asking for donations. And, and I get it to a standpoint, but there was something always within me going, I just... I don't want to do that, which on the external has probably made it 
to my detriment as well. It's made it so much harder for me. I mean, for several years, I was just doing everything. I was pouring my money into everything, even to the point where I got back on uh, one of the mainstream news channels and and the host that was on there, bless her, she was like, are you, are you, are you like covering yourself yet? Are you making sure that, and I was like, well, no, but I jumped on construction, so I'm okay. And that's one thing that people don't often see. When you're building something, whether it's a purpose and mission-driven or whatever, I actually jumped into construction. So my background, many people know, I was in health and fitness for a long time. Two guys happened to walk into the gym one day, um, and I was telling them about the campaign. We struck up a conversation, and I was like, you're training all the time. Now, people that know me love that. I know my love my training, sorry. And um, they were telling me how much they were earning. They were working on night shift. And I was like, okay. So my head starts spinning. I goes, if I can work night shift, I can do this. I can get up after some sleep and I can learn all the facets I need to do to build this. So little to say that weekend, I did my white card here in Australia and I jumped on site in two weeks after I'd given my notice at the gym. So there I go. For like over two, two and a half years, it was getting up. Um, and I mean, I've done many shows. So... In, in terms of podcast shows and spoken about this, I'd be getting up at like 4 a.m. in the morning. I'd be getting onto site because I'd go to the gym in the morning. I'd be listening to podcasts, good old Gary V talking about marketing, how you can learn it and just be yourself and be truthful and sincere. And that's how you can build stuff, build community. By 6 a.m. I was on work sites. Um, and then by 6 p.m. I was finishing. I was getting off at 7 p.m. Now, Role reverse, I was doing night shifts at the beginning. So remember when I said that they were doing night shifts? So I'd be sleeping during the day, then I'd get up around midday, then I'd be doing the work, then I'd be learning facets of how to market, how to build a community, how to do this, how to do that. And people don't realize the effort that, that actually takes. I mean, I didn't have additional resources. I often speak about this. I didn't have no money to put in IPC. I was going from paycheck to paycheck after I'd finished fitness. So it's very hard to get a salary-based role in construction. You're literally on casual. And remember, I'm in the 30s, and I was jumping on a casual, just taking chance. And on the external, again, people are seeing this blow up with all the publicity. They're seeing the celebrities. They're seeing this, that, and the other. And yet there's this guy who's jumping in construction, doing 12 hours overnight, lack of sleep, trying to learn everything, not making any money off it. People who knew me were going, that's just crazy. Why are you doing this? Like, are you getting anything out of it? And I want to draw attention to this because I've got an incredible friend called Robert Mack, who is one of the US's top positive psychology coach, international co-author, international author, endorsed by a lot of very, very prominent figures out in Hollywood. And he's also known as a celebrity happiness coach. And I once had a conversation with him and said, do people actually quiz you and think or question whether you're happy all the time or if you truly want to help people? And he said all the time. He says, but when you are so convicted or when you are so comfortable with yourself and you know in your heart why you're doing what you're doing and you've got your relationship with God and he knows why you're doing it, doors will continue opening. Whether people pass judgment or people think you're just doing it and surely you can't be happy all the time. And I said, you know what? Because I've often thought that, like people are saying, why are you doing this when you're not getting paid? Why are you doing this and make, wanting to make a difference when you're not getting anything out of it? And he said, I get it. And along my journey, there's been people also brought to me that have confirmed so much things in faith, in this walk of spiritual nature, and also people, just everyday people that truly make a difference in people's lives because they are compassionate. They are empathetic. They've seen what's happening in this world where there's people competing, comparing, judging, stepping over each other. And they're just over it. It's just just got to a point where you're just like, why can't not people go back to basics and bring it back to helping each other? So when it comes to that, if you truly have a conviction to help other people, no matter how much you try not, it's going to come out, it's going to emanate within whatever role, whatever industry you do. But also the hard facets of this are that people will see it and people will take advantage so there's some of the downsides to obviously building this that a lot of people don't see is when people see things happening for you, some people want to get to be a part of it. Some people want to get attached so they can dry to draw attention to themselves. Companies do all the time. 
okay, I think I need to go obviously back to um, the non-for-profit part. So obviously with a non-for-profit, obviously each to their own when people do that. But again, with the companies and everything, it was something that I just, So you can imagine, on the one hand, you've literally got lack of sleep because you're doing all these hours, then you're getting up. And then on the other hand, you've got so much passion and whatever it is that you're doing, you're just learning. You've you've got so much resilience because you keep driving and driving and driving and driving. And yeah, it gets to the point sometimes you do empty your bucket, which again, along the journey, I'm grateful for people to have seen that and stepped up to the mark for me to pour encouragement into me. Because that's one big thing when people are compassionate or empathetic and they do truly want to help everybody else or they put other people in the front, they tend to put themselves last. And what happens is you're going to run out of steam. I did it multiple times, but luckily I had people to pull me up and pour into me. So that's one thing. And I will say a little bit of wisdom. If there's anybody who listens to this who wants to know the story and they want to do their own thing, or maybe they are doing their own thing and they're thinking they're not getting anywhere. You're certainly getting somewhere but make sure you're not running out of steam because it's the, one of the biggest things that you're going to need when you're trying to make a difference, especially if you go down an unconventional route like myself. So getting back to that, as I said, I never felt led to go down the route of an NFP, anything like that, which then the obvious question was, well, what do I do? How do I make this sustainable? How do I make it earn an income so that it actually covers things. Because remember, as much as I was working on site, I was doing 12 hours. The money that I was getting from 12 hours was also having to go towards mortgage. And I've got wife and two children. On top of that, you've got to think to make everything actually keep moving, as in the websites, the hosting, the shows, the different domains for the different things and then if there's an event you've got to make sure that you've got money on top of that and this that and the other i was covering it all and i was just like whoa this is like i'm gonna have to start learning how i can turn over some money so i can make this into something that i can truly keep on going forward and helping people and again this is one stage and i've spoken to a lot of people that quit at times if they don't know how to do it And I'm not saying it's easy. It ain't. So we started making, or should I say me and my wife at the time, we started putting together with the help of a good friend, Laura, the apparel, just so we could get some community together. People could feel a part of it, but also get a little bit of income for the efforts to cover things like the domains, things like the hosting of platforms when we were doing things, and then the events. Apparel isn't something unless you are ultimately incredibly known or efficient in marketing with sponsored ads and everything else, this goes suddenly going to blow up and bring you a lot of money to make things sustainable. Like, let's be real. Like, that wasn't my experience. And this is one of my things. I'm very grateful on the side now through what I've done and acquired a lot of skill set and wisdom in these areas then now I actually do mentoring on the side. Like my bandwidth is limited with everything I do for Imperfectly Perfect Campaign. But when I do get some corporate consulting gigs and I talk about organic marketing and all the stuff that I've done and share my story when I'm speaking, like I speak the truth. But now I'm able to share what I've learned and how I've adapted that with the skill set and the different facets of business that I've learned. And that's been several years because obviously we're coming to five years now. So you imagine behind the scenes of five years, like you can see an external and I've had it before. Wow, you're doing amazing. Look at it. That like the name's getting bigger, the publicity, you're going to America, you're doing this, doing that. Little to say, I was covering a lot, a lot of it when I was traveling. There was one time right at the beginning when I was with people and were saying you should do a GoFundMe, like to obviously take the efforts to America. Again. I was listening, and this is one thing I'll always say, there'll always be people with advice who have done things before. Always listen to your gut as well. So we did it, and because hardly anybody knew about it, there wasn't much that was coming in. But there's one thing that I did do. I got told by a friend that there was a publication in the past that had used an image of this said person, which happened to be my image. Now, I'm grateful at the time because a good friend of mine was a lawyer 
who had said they shouldn't have used that without your permission. So basically, she went to them and wrote an email, which was incredibly nice of her to do. And they happened to pay me for the image that went into the publication because they'd done it without written permission. But what I then did is I went and put that in to the GoFundMe so that I could go to America. So the actual money, money I'm very grateful for the few that did help along that way. But there wasn't a flow in it. Like there wasn't this GoFundMe where I was like, whoa, all, the, all these people are wanting to get behind it. And again, that shows you it takes a long time to build a community as well. So I'm very grateful at the time. And now I look back and go, well, thank you, God, for bringing a good friend who happened to be a lawyer at the time. And thank you for one of my images that was nothing related to the campaign. It was to do with my photography of another good friend who they'd utilized in one of the papers a long, long time ago. And it came back and it helped me get flights to America. I always look at things serendipitous now, like that happened right at the time where we was looking to take the efforts to America because we got people reaching out to take us on shows. But again, people just see the external of it. Nobody's perfect. Everybody has the struggles, whether they're in the corporate sector, whether they are in entertainment, whether in the sports. I certainly struggle when it came to building this thing. And I think God has allowed me to understand or try to gain a clearer picture of what each and every person goes through. So we can try and utilize IPC as bringing things back to basics, like humanity, getting past superficial conversations. Because one of the things that I've learned is once you realize and listen to someone's story, no matter who they are, the judgment is removed. You'll be clapping the loudest for each and every person that's gained what you may pertain as success, because to them it may be something different. But it takes a lot to understand that. You have to go through your tests, your trials, your tribulations, a lot of sacrifices. And one of the things that people don't see often behind a mission or a movement is a lot of setbacks. Like for every person that said yes, there's been a lot of people that have said no. Like there's some big names that I'm very grateful that have come on the campaign. But sometimes you're dealing or you're having to deal with management, even though the celebrity may have said yes or the public figure may have said yes because it means so much their management may have a schedule for something else. They may not be allowed. So it hasn't always been easy where people said yes. And I always remember going on a network and them saying, did you think it would be easy to get a lot of celebrities on? And I went to America and I went on a show and there was like, did you find it easy for people to open up to you? Because at the end of the day, nobody knew you, Glenn. And that took me back. And if you ever watched that, it's on Evertalk TV over in Hollywood. And I was taken aback and I didn't know how to answer it because no one had ever put that forward to me. And I was like, wow, I never even, and I stumbled on my words and I was on live TV and I was like, well, <laughs> this is going to look good. But I never thought about it. Like people in the public eye would probably be a lot more shut off or cagey because they don't know who people are, what people want. They've probably been through a lot of struggles and sacrifices. And yet here they were opening up to me. Like, who was I? So they clearly saw, which I'm grateful, sincerity and genuinity in what I was trying to do and share the truth that we are all the same. And now we've got over 500 of the world's biggest names from each of these industries sharing their truths. That's amazing. And that was from someone, as I say, that was un unassuming, unqualified and kept on going. That consistency. But like I say, and I always reiterate this, I never want to come across and sound like I'm preaching because there's enough of that that we see on social media where people talk as if they know what they're doing and they know everything. And that's something that I will never do. You can take what you want from me. You can listen. If you hear wisdom in it and you can apply it, then so be it. But when it comes to the Imperfectly Perfect campaign, I'm going to lead by humility because I haven't known what I've not known. And I think that's the reason for its growth and its continual growth because there is so much passion behind it. There's so much heart and there's so much resilience and consistency. Even at the point it's been to my detriment, there hasn't been money behind it. Um, I've had to learn that skill set, get the help from people to understand. I've had people come towards me. Then we come to the part where people have seen my humbleness or they've seen that I do want to help people and they've used it to their advantage. Never saw that coming. And this is the part of my journey where I almost got cynical until a lot more people who were highly prolific in the campaign 
started seeing what was happening and came to me and supported me through it and said they'd seen it before. So sometimes you think you know, but you have no idea. A lot of people that have come on this campaign have been my support system, and they're some of the biggest names, and I'll be forever grateful for them because they've been through a lot of the journey that I have found myself on. And again, I found myself having to pick myself up because of the amount of organizations and the amount of people that started trying to utilize me, look through me, look over me. It was an experience. And I always use as experiences for wisdom to show me through. Never talk about who, never bring names into it because there's no need to. But the wisdom that someone can hear, it just gives you the discernment to start opening your eyes. But I didn't even realize this at the time. There was people that was coming towards me and I thought they wanted to get to know me. And then basically, because I was who I was, I was very naive at the beginning. I was introducing them to a lot of the public figures that was on the campaign. Little to say, I never asked anybody to introduce me to anybody. And I'd say some very good people have continued to push it out so that other people who they know have come towards it. But literally, you can ask anyone on the campaign. I've never said, can you introduce me to this person, this person? Because again, that's not in my heart. Someone once said to me as well, this is a second story. They was like, oh, so that person on there, why don't you ask? Because they know them, if you can get them on. I was like, why would I do that? And they said, well, they know them. And I said, yeah, but that's like you coming to me and looking over me and going, oh, you're all right, Glenn, but can you get me that person? And he was like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. I'm like, no. I said, because how did that make me feel? You've just literally looked through me and said, oh, you're okay, but you're not good enough. That person is better. Like... So that's my big reason why I've never asked anybody on it. Again, probably to my detriment, because you ask for help, people will probably help you when it comes to that. But a lot of people I'm very fortunate of have just offered and come forward with it. But back to the experience of being looked over and utilized for things. So I did connect quite a few people. And then basically what I found out was that the people that I was connecting was trying to push their product onto the public figures that I'd known, which it was nothing to do with the public figures who were incredible friends. I actually approached it and went to this person and said, oh, so that's what you used me for, was it? They were like, what do you mean? I said, so where's my product? Like, and I was joking, but I was like, so I, I'm not good enough for a product, but you've just used me to get to that person, which you would never normally get to. And they just laughed, right? So again, each to their own. I don't pass judgment. I wish that person well. Um, but it's an experience that I went through. And what did it teach me? Not to be as naive as I walk forward. Because unfortunately, the hardest thing that I have learned in this is people. Like there are some incredible people and I want to make a difference so much because my heart is on fire to help people. But when it comes to that, there are some people that can see that. And they will try and utilize it and they will try and use your vulnerability, your empathy, your compassion. The big organizations that come, turning off millions that came to me. One good experience that I learned in front of a multimillionaire, sat in a meeting and they wanted to know my story. Like I'm sat with you, I sat with them and I said my truth. I was like, there's been some times when I've emptied my pocket and I'm trying to help everybody else. And I'd be listening to my kids running around as a guy in the bathroom, nearly at tears, just thinking, where's my money coming from next? And I was told, never change that, Glenn. Because the people who are really successful see that in you. They know that the truth's coming from you. And that, when people try to suppress the truth, when they go into people who are truly successful with wealth, they see, excuse my language, but they see through BS straight away. So that opened a great relationship with that person. But then with another multi-million dollar organization that came who were coming to Australia, they were wanting to collaborate by bringing their people onto the campaign, which again, I started learning more facets of business and getting more confidence and turning around saying, well, okay, so if I'm putting you on this international platform with some of the biggest names, why don't you become an official sponsor? Silence. So they didn't want to pour money into something that they apparently believed in. They wanted to utilize it to draw attention because it had some of Australia's biggest names and their company was coming to Australia. And I just thought, what? But again, what did that teach me? It taught me 
that I needed to learn more facets of business. And I keep saying that word because it is, it's different facets of each and every step of the way. So I hope through this episode, you're actually seeing it hasn't been easy. These five years, it's a celebration. It's a blessing that we've got to five years. And now I've got a small team with us. We've made it sustainable. We've got the book series, as I was talking about. We've got the apparel line. We've got events. We've got Summit. We're going back to the US for the book tour. We're getting our first official big red carpet event over in the USA. Like, I'm grateful for it. And I'm grateful for each and every person that stepped forward and really helped it. You guys for the initiatives and doing the I am imperfectly perfect on the hand. But I don't for one second want anybody to think that they can't achieve this, they can't do this, or that it's been easy. If you've got a mission that's placed on your heart, it's probably going to be one of the hardest things you're going to do, but it's going to be one of the biggest blessings because you're going to learn a lot about yourself. You're going to learn a lot about people. You're going to learn a lot about business. And whichever route you go, you just keep doing you. Never give your power away. Listen to people. But at the end of the day, the truth is going to reside in you. Lead by your imperfections. This is what the whole campaign is about. I am not perfect. I never claim to be perfect. And if that's the way that God used me, to share my truths and transparencies in whatever realm. I've stepped forward. I've led with humility because I've never known at the beginning what I didn't know. I reached out to celebrities. I reached out to public figures in different domains. I started a podcast with garage van with my laptop, asking a celebrity or a public figure to move closer to me so I could hit record and it could pick us up. Like, that's hilarious. I did a makeshift studio in the apartment that me and my wife with my son at the time, like now we've obviously got two kids and we've moved, but at the time, and I was turning up and we was meeting at, where was we meeting? Is Alexandra, where they do the fashion week. We were shooting around there. So it all started just with this mission about photography. And if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see the images behind us, just raw emotion. And the reason for that was because I was just sick and tired of just seeing pretty campaigns out there talking or masking what mental health is. And I know there's trigger points, but I also know there's a lot of help. And I also know when people start speaking and when they resonate with storytelling and they resonate with an image, people resonate with stories. People resonate with imagery. People resonate with music. Whether you've gone through addiction, whether you've gone through, I don't know, whether you've gone through a lot, I've had people on this campaign who have gone through so much. They've gone through addiction. They've been to the depth of despair. They've gone through adult adult industry, that the, the porn industry. We've got people who grew up literally in drug dens with the parents. We've got people who, corporate leaders who were going to take their lives. Like every single area from some of the world's biggest names that you look at now. And they've all shared their truths and their journeys. And now you can hear a little bit more, obviously, of my story and what it's taken to building Perfectly Perfect Campaign and where we're going. I mean, if you've got a clear, definitive plan of where you are going with your mission, I already know that there's commercial properties in the pipeline for a Perfectly Perfect Campaign, centers around the world, It takes the right people to come across to believe in you and to literally get behind you. The amount of stories that I have heard, and you may not be a faith, you may not be, as I said, I wasn't. um, But you know what? Just open your mind because there's more to this world. If I was unqualified and I took something to the world in 12 months and in five years, events, summits, a book series, made something sustainable, but I never knew how I would do it. So you've got to think, if you haven't got experience in these areas and you're just going off on a whim and you're just going with your heart and you're just being led and you're like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know how to turn that into that. I don't know how to turn into that. And then suddenly just a book series is presented that you're doing, which helps it make it sustainable. And then an apparel series comes and then people start picking it up because they want to help. And then your community starts build and then your mailing list starts building. And then people want to be a part of something more. And then your events come up and then sponsorships come. Like the book series, Out of the Blue. Karen Weaver and her team are an incredible publishing team, KMD Books. Step forward and wanted to be the official sponsors of volume one of the first ever book series. Like, and you just need to see 
who their publishing team works for in the UK, around the world, like including royalty. Like what? And just saw Imperfectly Perfect and stepped forward and just said, we want to be your official sponsors. Like the things just like happen like that, unless you are being led or what you are doing is being led. So all I'd say is try opening mind to a little bit of faith. If you listen to these episodes of the podcast for the past several seasons, some of the biggest names, including like Wim Hof, Dr. Joe Dispenza, John Gordon, and the rest, and they talk about being at the depth of their struggles of despair and how faith pulled them back. And again, that isn't by being perfect. There is a lot of this thing, and I do want to make a point to this whilst I'm on, because I know some people may be turned off by when people talk about spirituality or faith and each to their own. As I say, I'm not here to preach, but there was a time when I was looking into it, I was learning more about it, and I was listening to way too many people. And that's one thing I'd say, there's so much noise out in this world these days, whether it's business, whether it's faith, and people are telling you what's what and how to do it. And I think there's a place for it. That's never what I want to do or intend to do because I believe we come in this world on our own. We go out on our own. I think our journey is unique. We're all imperfect with our own set of flaws. You come together and you work through it. Obviously, you need to make money. You need to pay bills. And if you're helping people, I think you can help people on the part of the journey you are. I don't think that people need to be talking and saying they can connect people's business. They can do this if they can't. I don't think there's need for it. And I think there's a lot of suppression and a lot of mass that people are hiding when it comes to highlight reels. And I hope that a lot of people, when they come to Imperfectly Perfect campaign, they can breathe and go, oh, so I actually know that there are people out there that that see me and feel me and feel the same as me and, and just know that I don't know what I don't know. And I honestly don't know if I can keep up with this highlight reel or social media or what I say is don't give your power away. Listen to people, whether you've got a coach, whether you've got anyone of faith or anything, listen to people, but sit with it and see how it feels with you. See what your gut tells you. I have to remember my mum saying, oh, I feel it in my waters, which is another way of saying she felt it in a gut. We've all got the ability for intuitive powers. We just need to settle in and listen to it. Otherwise, we're just constantly taking noise in and listen to other people. And if things don't work for you, maybe it's because it works for the other person and you've got to find your way. People can help you along your journey. And I think, or should I say, I know people have helped me along my journey and step forward like I have other people. And I think we can all do that. And I think when it comes to faith as well, especially, there are a lot of people that are telling you too much how to live, what's right, what's wrong, what's right, what's wrong. And it confuses you and it stresses you out at times. All I would say is sit with yourself and see what it feels right with you. Be open, have communication with those around you. And just keep talking. Keep talking about it. Because the more you suppress emotions, the more you suppress anything, it's going to end up in struggling mentally. And this is one of the things when I was often talking to people, I've got so many people of different areas and different lives, different cultures and different backgrounds. And every single area, I've got people on this platform. And if God used me to share the stories that people are people, people have different lives, and we need to respect each other, because at the end of the day, why should anybody suppress who they are or their feelings or their love and it end up mentally struggling? I don't believe that for one second. And I know if I'm imperfect, and God has done so many incredible things in my life, opened the doors for me to share the stories of these amazing people. So even when it comes to faith, people of faith, and there are some incredible people, but if you're listening to way too many people and you're seeking answers all the time, just be careful that you're not giving your power away. You've got to sit with yourself or, and again, this is personal. This is obviously what I've learned along my journey. You can take what you can take from it. But as I often say, don't give your power away to anyone. Take what people say as gospel. Listen to yourself. Go in silence, meditate, whatever you want to do. And I learned that from Dr. Joe Dispenza when we was talking after the show. It was like, never give your power away. It was like, you can listen to me. You can take that wisdom. You can listen and see if it resonates with you. But at the end of the day, my journey is completely different to yours. So we've all treaded our own path. We've all got different experiences. And that's why I think even through Imperfectly Perfect campaign, that judgment with me is far removed from anybody. 
I've had people along the way and friends that have come to me and said they want to share their story, but it's too much. And they've taken ages to tell me the story. And I'm just like, just tell me your story. And then they've spoken about like they've gone through heroin addiction or they've got whatever it may be. You're not perfect. You're imperfect. And there's way too much judgment. And what's to say one person who makes judgment of another person and yet they go out and do something and they're wanting people to forgive them, but yet are quick to pull somebody else down on their mishaps or whatever they've done. Like, I don't know. I just think in the past few years, the pandemic, the lockdown, everything, the world has been exposed so much. We've seen so much division. We've seen the rest of it. I hope that the Imperfectly Perfect campaign has made a difference to so many people that have not even spoken out, who have just come across it and just said, this is a place that I want to be a part of. I want to follow. I want to join the initiatives because I'm so sick and tired of seeing division, of competing, of comparing people, looking over me, through me, around me. I want people to see me for me. And once you do, let me tell you, once people see you for you, there might be some people that go. But were they meant on your journey anyway? Because the people who are meant to see you and the people that are meant to see you for you are the people that are going to be on your journey a long time. So that is the first episode of season 18. I hope you got to understand a little bit more about my story and about how much it has taken to build and keep going for five years of the Imperfectly Perfect campaign. And just get a part of it. Just be a part of it. If you've got a mission that's placed on your heart, go for it. And if you're an organization and you're listening to this and you want to get behind it, pick up that phone, reach out to us at General Inquiries at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org. Look at becoming an official sponsor. You've seen how big we are, the platform. If you want to make a difference for social impact, get in touch. Until next time, guys, keep speaking. Keep having the hard conversations because it's the hard conversations that save lives. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.